Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's the NBA Finals. Game 3 is over, and we're ready to break it down. It's time for Warriors Wrap-Up Wrap up on 95.7, the game. And the party is not ending here at Oracle. What an event we have going on outside. Oracle, it is just incredible. After the Golden State Warriors, they win game three, 110 to 102. Chris Towns and Matt Steinmetz, Daryl the Guru Johnson, as we are going to break this whole thing down. They're back in Oracle. Guys, take it away. What a night for the Golden State Warriors as they take a 3-0 lead. Townie, just another great game in this series, just like game one. Uh, this one had a more satisfying ending, though. Uh, the, the Warriors earned this game. And I remember last year in the finals when they asked Kevin Durant, uh, what, what the difference was between the Warriors from the previous year and the Warriors last year. And he just said, <laughs> Kevin Durant. And that's what I kept coming back to tonight. Kevin Durant is, I think he's the player that takes the Warriors from very good to great. Um, you see a night like tonight, and the Warriors are a team that, that moves the ball, they pass, they do all that, but at times... They break down, but Kevin Durant makes shots that no other player in the NBA can make, plain and simple. And he made a bunch of them tonight, and basically he he won the Warriors that game by himself. Townie, the great Denzel Washington had a great movie. It was called Deja Vu. I don't know if you can recall it, but tonight <laughs> the star of Deja Vu was Kevin Durant. He, I mean, what is it about game threes to where he pulls up with the guts of a cat burglar to just save the day? And Steiny's right. It's about Durant, but guess where I'm going? It's about Lakeup. It's about Myers. Because a night like this in the finals where the Splash Brothers go 7-27, to couldn't hit the side of a barn, the great Kevin Durant put the team on his back, and it was a beautiful thing to watch, and they are one game away from the promised land. Yeah, and Townie, you know, Guru's right. The last two game threes, obviously Durant has hit the big shots. But to me – the, the they're big shots because the game was on the line. <laughs> I mean, it's not like he's had two game threes that were great in blowouts. I mean, he's made the signature shot now in two NBA finals. And the, the, the way he played tonight, not just scoring, he had he led the he led all players in rebounding along with Kevin Love. He had seven assists. I mean, they just they're not even in this game tonight without <laughs> Kevin Durant, let alone coming through with a victory. It is Warriors wrap-up presented by Arlo Smart Home Security. And can you imagine, guys, can you imagine you're a Cleveland Cavalier fan, you're leaving that game, and Steph Curry went one for ten from three, Clay Thompson went two for five. If I would have gave you those numbers that they would together only have 21 points, you think every Cavalier fan, coach, player would have taken that going into the game, those kind of numbers from those guys, thinking not only would they beat the Golden State Warriors with those numbers, that they would probably hammer the Warriors with those numbers? Well, with all due respect to Cleveland fans, unless they really, really, really know the Warriors, uh, they should also say, well, that's a good start. Uh, we also need some other things to happen uh, in, in addition to just those two players not playing well. And and tonight was, was the reason. I mean, Durant carried him. Draymond was solid. But I think you got to also give some credit to JaVale McGee. You have to give some credit clearly to Andre Iguodala, who – makes a big difference. Jordan Bell gave him double figures in points. Sean Livingston helped him. So Curry and Clay were no factors offensively, but they 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 the, the slack was picked up by role players and that's the difference. Other than Rodney Hood, who really played well tonight for the Cavaliers off the bench or a, a 
beside LeBron and, and Kevin Love. That's about all they had tonight and the last three games. But, Townie, we can put to bed the narrative that the Golden State Warriors don't know how to play in close games. I mean, that's two and three games in the finals that they've done it on the biggest stage. And, again, you got four all-stars. Uh, I'm sweating here just with excitement. But I do got to say this. It's, it's math. The Cavs played the Warriors two close games to where you could argue and make a case that they could have won two games from the the dynasty-led Golden State Warriors because they're one win away from that word being thrown out. But again, like Steiny just mentioned, they didn't have much help. And I got to keep the sharp objects away from me, Steiny. Why? (laughs) I thought LeBron didn't have a bad game. And he shot 28 times. I said 30 to 35. But something was just off. I felt like he had mismatches <laughs> and he didn't go at him all the time. That, that, that's all. And I'm not saying he had a bad game. Dude, he but, had a triple-double. But still, that, it's not just you about You do numbers. realize that when he's got Curry on his uh, back, okay, that everybody else is just waiting for him to come into the lane. Every time he got into the lane near the basket, he has to he has to navigate through a sea of hands. And, I mean, he just does. Yeah, and, and, and just real quick, Townie, had that been me and I turned my foot like the king did, I would be in emergency at Kaiser right now. For him to continue to play, it's just fascinating. No, Guru, we, we just would have shot you right there and it would have been okay. over. <laughs> right, but I'll tell you what, guys, and I'm about to come back in because this is starting to break up out here, but it's something that we've really noticed, and it's been an honor to be a part of these watch parties, and we're going to have another one on Friday is the fact that the people that show up, there was 8,000 here tonight. It was so loud, especially when Kevin Durant hit that shot. And then to watch everybody with the DJ out here and everybody's dancing and high-fiving and hugging, you know, there's this group of people, maybe they don't get to go to games when the team is actually here, but these people absolutely love the Warriors. And I think probably the number one takeaway for me is the fact that all the children who get to come, and you just see the joy that these kids have while being here at the watch party and really how smart it is, it's helping building your fan base for years to come. Yeah, it really is. And and, and just getting back to... Uh, to to Durant, uh, here's a here's a snide question for you guys. How how was the ball movement on that possession? There was none. Exactly, and he makes a 33 footer. That's what they have officially uh, it listed as a 33 footer. Amazing. I, I mean, look again. One of the reasons I think the Warriors are great is because they'll hit four to six shots a game that no other team can hit, period. And you combine that with the fact that they are solid defensively. Uh, I mean, they're, you know, you look at a night like tonight and Durant single-handedly carried the Warriors to a win tonight. I mean, it's just, it's just absolutely remarkable when you're a team that's sitting with Klay Thompson and Steph Curry. And we never see these two shoot this bad. And it's almost unfair. And this is the prime example of how good they are, fellas, when the Splash Brothers go 7-27, to and yet you can pull out a win on the road against a team led by LeBron James. I mean, those two guys never on the same day shoot as bad as they did tonight. And the Warriors still won because they went out management and got Kevin the likes of Kevin Durant. Yeah, and how'd I mean, you guys how'd you guys feel tonight about the officiating? Because it was very interesting. Cleveland did not shoot one free throw in the first half. Shame on them. I I, I didn't. Can I come down LeBron's alley on that, Steiny? I thought he got fouled a lot when he was going to the basket. I wrote that I, down. I don't think he got a lot of calls, but I don't think the officiating was a factor tonight. In fact, the thing that I thought was pretty funny was I I, I kept hearing in the first half that the Warriors weren't getting a friendly whistle. And you look up and Cleveland doesn't shoot a foul shot in the first half and the Warriors have eight fouls called against them and the Cavs had 12. Now, of course, Curry was in foul trouble. But listen, I, and I, I said this. I, I, didn't think the, I didn't think the Cavaliers had a big gripe in the first two games. I don't think the Warriors had a big gripe in this game. And I think really if we look back at the 3-0 lead that the Warriors have, it, it's it's not the officiating. It, 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 the officiating had very little to do with it. it came, two of these games, 
First of all, the, the second game had nothing to do with officiating because the Warriors ended up winning that game solidly going away. Uh, the game one, the Cavaliers blew it. I mean, they blew it, plain and simple. And then in game three, the Warriors won it, plain and simple. And I really just don't think the officials have been a factor in this series at all, to tell you the truth. I'm looking at this box score, and the Cavs out-rebounded the Warriors by 10, but every category is equal or similar. And I'm wondering, when you say the Warriors won the game, Steiny, is it because they made a shot like Kevin yes. Durant made? That's don't. I mean, I'm looking yes. at this like this is almost, you know, the exact same. Where did Cleveland lose this game just like they did in game one? Shot maker. That's, that's basically what it is. I mean, look, the, the, the Warriors shot 52% again. They haven't held – the Cavaliers have not held the Warriors to under 50% shooting in this series in any one game. Not good. So that's what I keep coming down to. And it's just – to me, this, is, this has been very, very predictable. I mean, I realize that there were two games that could have gone the other way, but I've said it a lot. The Warriors have four great players on their team. The Cavaliers have one. Mm. Let's not analyze it too much. It really comes down to that. And and the way that the way you see that, Townie, is that's why the Warriors have shot fifty percent over the last three games. And it's why the Cavs can't get to 50% because it's all about LeBron James. He's got to shoot well. Then he's going to find he's got to find the right guys. Then the guys who shoot it have to shoot it well. I mean, it felt like the Cavs made some threes tonight. Yeah, well, you know what? They were 9 for 31. They were 29%. I mean, you got to make shots. And they don't have enough shot makers like the Warriors. And something that we talked about in the pregame show absolutely happened in this game is that you knew you were going to get their very best in the beginning. We talked about it being like a prize fight, having a chin, and being able to absorb it early and then manage it after that, and they did exactly that. I mean, you just got this feeling as you were in the third quarter and heading into the fourth quarter, guys, that the Golden State Warriors were going to win this game. I know everybody here at Oracle felt that way. I'm sure there's a lot of people who felt like that with Cleveland. They took Cleveland's best shot early and Cleveland couldn't knock him out no they, they couldn't but had the I, chance I didn't I wasn't as uh what confident that the Warriors were going to win this game just because it was you know we went down to the we went down to the wire and and the Warriors haven't won all their close games tonight and even the game they won in game one they got a lot of help so this is really maybe the, what, the first game of the postseason that they really won and kind of, I, I, I even hesitate to say executed. They made shots down the stretch. Uh, remember, everybody was talking about how they, they gave away those two close games to Houston. So I, I really thought this was the best the Warriors played down the stretch. But why? Because they made shots. Because Curry finally made a three with – with two and a half minutes left, and then Durant hit another three, and and the Cavaliers are just having too much trouble scoring down at the other end. And I know we're at Oracle Townie, and the fans are hype, rightfully so, and sometimes social media can, can suck, but tonight it's good. And the reason it's good tonight is it's not just us on the flagship station of the Golden State Warriors, 95-7 the game. You get to see other superstars around the league comment, and basically they're in awe of what we saw in Cleveland tonight, the performance by Kevin Durant. And it's just special, and I know it has to be to him, when his peers chime in on basically something that was unstoppable and that's what it was Donnie you talk about 33 feet did you add he pulled up and shot it like it was a free throw it's just it's not fair it's filthy and this guy do I dare say it's Donnie is in the running for the finals MVP <laughs> oh, oh, listen, he's, he's not in the running right now oh you think he's ahead he's absolutely ahead he's absolutely oh ahead. I think Friday's gonna go a long way well, it will but the bottom line is Let's be honest. This was the okay. most important game of the me. series. You got me. They're on the road. They're in. It, it, this was a clutch game. I mean, this this separated. This this was a big big boy performance yeah. from Kevin no Durant doubt. tonight. And listen, Steph Curry may go out and score thirty two in Game Four and win the MVP, <laughs> and that and that's great. And he'll he will have deserved it absolutely. But this game tonight. 
is the signature game of the series. And Kevin Durant once again had the signature shot of the series in the almost the exact same spot that he nailed it last year. Didn't so, miss a free throw. Seven for seven. No, no. And his efficiency the last two games, it's just been absolutely brilliant. Warriors with the win in game three in Cleveland, 110 to 102. And the Golden State Warriors take a commanding 3 nothing lead. We'll continue to break it all down, hear from Oracle, and we'll hear from some of the stars from tonight's game from the podium. It's Warriors Wrap-Up presented by Arlo Smart Home Security. Durant. Standing on the logo, waves Curry away. He's got Rodney Hood guarding him. Gets Iguodala to the right side, pulls up downtown. Durant for three, way downtown. He doubles the Warriors' advantage to 106 to 100. It's a playoff career high, 43 points for Kevin Durant. Now back to Warriors wrap up on the home of every Warriors playoff game, 95-7 the game. And you know we're at Oracle. Chris Townsend, Matt Steinmetz, Daryl the Guru Johnson after this 110-102 victory. And you know what? To have that to have that ace card, to have that one guy that when not everything's going right, and that guy can just step up and be an unstoppable scorer. I mean, that's what Kevin Durant he's unstoppable. Yeah, you know, some it's really hard sometimes. And, and here's what I'm saying is Curry is more guardable than Kevin Durant. And I know some people might not like to hear that. But the reality is there are things you can do to Curry that can at least impede him in ways, f- fatigue him, rush him a little bit. doesn't happen all the time, but when you're really conscientious – you can you you have a chance defending him you have no chance against kevin durant none he makes shots that i mean dare i say nobody in the history of the nba made he's seven feet and he's a face-up player and he's got guard skills with the ball he you know he raises up over kevin love we don't think anything about it well love 610 so this is where the, this is where I do see why non-warrior fans can look at the Warriors and say it's not fair. And the reason it's not fair they would say is because geez, look we 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 shut down Curry, we shut down Clay, and they have another guy on their team who can score 43 points. That's why they say it's not fair. No, I, you know, and I get it, but you know what? Boo-hoo. Oh, no, I'm uh, not saying. You, you know what I'm saying? I, for, I don't mean it like that. I for, just mean. For, no, I know you don't, yeah. but I mean, for all those years. I mean, look at the Lakers. Lakers have had some of the Loaded. greatest players. Of, I mean, yeah. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar shows up. Shaq shows up. I mean, they, they, you are now what they used to be, and I like to compare it to the Yankees. And that's why whenever I hear Warrior fans and the Warrior fans, I can't believe people are not giving it. You know what? Don't care. Like the New York Yankees for all these years have always stolen everybody's players. From Roger Maris to Catfish Hunter, Reggie Jackson, you name it. And all they care about is winning and having 27 world titles. So, Warrior fans, put yourself in that echelon. Don't worry what anybody has to say. You're about winning titles, and you make no apologies for making the moves. And if a guy like Kevin Durant says, you know what, I want to join these guys because I want to win a lot of titles, well, you know what, that's his prerogative. That's what free agency is all about. That's great stuff. And it goes, I think of the coach, Phil Jackson. Uh, all he did was coach Michael and Kobe and Shaq and Scotty. Who cares? He got it done. But if you want to know how fickle sports is, just a week and a half ago on the station, we were taking calls about Kevin Durant and too much ISO. And now, look, a week later. Now, for those, you, you want this for overreaction? Oh, LeBron, KD's not on his level. There has to be some gain from Kevin Durant. I know he's got the better team on the biggest stage two years in a row to come down and hit daggers against the vaunted LeBron James. To me, when you look at the big picture, he's got to, he won't surpass LeBron, but damn it, performances like tonight and game three last year and winning the title and basically winning it again this year, Steiny, it has to bridge the gap, right? His profile has to be enhanced to some degree as an overall ball player. I can't disagree with that. I can't disagree with that. Uh, I do think it's very difficult to judge players 
when one guy <laughs> is LeBron James and he's clearly playing a certain way because he has to play that way. He has no choice but to play the way he's playing right now. Durant, on the other hand, has a little bit of a cushion. He's got wiggle room. He's got he's got room for lapses that LeBron James doesn't have. All that said, Durant's a fantastic player. I mean, he's an absolutely fantastic player. And I realize this series isn't over, but let's face it. Now the question uh, becomes, uh, now the question becomes, where's he going? Where's LeBron James wow. going? By the way, um, yeah, technically the series is not over, but teams down 3-0 in NBA playoff history are 0 and 131. Wow. No All one's right. ever come back from down 03. And by the way, for Kevin Durant, only four players have ever gone 4, 10, and 5 in the NBA Finals in the last 35 years Shaq, Jordan, LeBron, and now Kevin Durant. Jesus. And okay, so you're going to have Clay and you're going to have Draymond. They're going to have three championships. They're going to they're gonna be Hall of Famers. Okay. But I want you to think of what we've seen the last two years. When you start talking about LeBron, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, you're talking about three of the greatest players who've ever played. I have no right. No I, I mean, here. seriously, yeah. by the end of their careers, they're all going to be. I mean, every single year, each one of these guys, and obviously LeBron's older, but every single year, these guys are, are getting to a point to where we're going to look at them as the greats of the greats of the game. Yeah, and uh, again, this game will be remembered. Uh, in a time capsule for for crunch time and what it's like to, to to have the balls to take the shot and not only take it make it and I feel happy for Kevin Durant. Uh, I know he'll say it's all about team and it is, but again that profile, his profile of being clutch, it's easier to be clutch because he's got Geico, he's got you know three potential Hall of Famers next to him playing on the court. But to take that shot tonight was just, I was like, what are you doing? And oh, great. How many times have we done that with yeah, Steph or yeah, KD? You're like, yeah. I can't believe he's shooting from that deep, and then uh, it goes in. Here's Kevin Durant at the podium after he scores a career playoff high, 43 points. It's just a different game, different season, I mean, different feel. You know, it's just a different vibe around the team and around just everything's just different. Um, but um, I'm not done playing basketball yet, so I don't really look at these as defining moments. Um uh, I want to. I don't want to downplay anything, but I don't want to act like this is the the end of the road, you know. So just uh, get back to work tomorrow, and um, you know, figure out a better game plan. I thought we did some things tonight um, that we need to correct if we want to win the next game. So I mean, I, I'm just really just trying to come in and be the best uh, teammate player I can be until you know. This thing is over, so you know I just got to stay locked in. Back right, Kevin uh, Reed Forgrave with uh, CBSSports.com, right here. Um, given the stakes of this game, given the fact that the Cavs came out so strong, how how much was it on your mind? And given the fact that your teammates were struggling, uh, how much was it on your mind that so much of this game was on your shoulders? Uh, I didn't think about it at all. Um, I just tried to play hard defense try to rebound as uh, best as I could. And um, if my shots were there, I just take them patiently and um, with poise. And, uh, you know, I found I found some good spots, and my teammates did a great job of setting screens for me, setting me up. You know, coach did a great job of calling plays for me, and I just tried to come through and be aggressive just to do something, you know. So, uh, you know, but my main concern was defensive uh, effort and intensity and rebounding. Chris, standing on the left. Chris Haynes, ESPN. Kev, um, you, you told me that so when it comes to big, the big three, the big, the big three in the fourth quarter, you felt like Steph's three was the was the biggest one. Why? Why would you say that? I just, I just felt like, especially the way he was, uh, we were even missing shots tonight. He was struggling to shoot the ball, and the confidence that he had to pull that one up, um, and it's just the, you know, the momentum of the game kind of just turned in our favor at that point. And I know they hit a three coming back down afterwards, but it took like three or four shots to get one. So I felt like they were searching for a three, but I think we were just 
you know, we stayed poised through it all. We made good plays. Then Andre came down and hit a dunk. And that just that moment uh, came down and got a nice dunk. Uh, but that momentum started when, you know, we got to stop first. And when Steph came down and took that three, no conscience, no matter how many shots that he missed. So, you know, that's what I love about him. And the starters as a whole were struggling offensively. Did, did you know during the game that you would have to try to keep this pace up offensively to, to keep you guys in it? You know, I just tried to, you know, each time down, just focus on each possession down. I mean, if we get a good shot down, no matter who takes it, you know, I think we're all cool with that. So I think uh, defensively is what we came to play in the second half. And uh, we're going to need more of that effort, especially for a full 48 if we want to win. Ann, over here in the third row. Ann Killian with the San Francisco Chronicle. Kevin, when you took that big shot, that big three, Draymond turned around and was like roaring right in your face and you looked completely calm. Is that being in the zone? Can you describe what your feeling was? Is that the poise you just mentioned? And also, were you aware or how soon were you aware that there was a similarity between last year's shot? Uh, Don't get me wrong. Every time I make a shot in the NBA, I get excited. Um, I just internalize it a little bit as I get older, a little bit more than I did when I was a younger player. So I was definitely excited as a it's hard to make shots at this level um, in the NBA, and I understand that. Uh, but at the same time, I knew the game wasn't over. I've seen some crazy stuff happen playing in my years of playing basketball, not just in the NBA, but just overall. So we were up six with 25 seconds to go, I think. Or, you know, so anything can happen, man. So, um, you know, I just tried to make sure that we came out and, you know, didn't foul a three-point shooter or didn't give up a wide-open three or – got too excited about that play. I just tried to just stay in the zone of trying to win the game and we'll figure everything else after uh figure everything else out after the game is over. So I just tried to finish wait till the buzzer goes off to to even think about anything else. God, they're so diverse. There's so many different ways they can beat you. Uh, I was listening to Tim Legler. We'll get into that. Tim Legler was breaking it down before the game today. Former Warrior. Yeah, and he a great three-point shooter. I think he's a fabulous analyst. And the way he was breaking it down. I like it. That it's just, how do you really prepare for the Golden State Warriors? We'll talk about it. We're here at Oracle. Game three goes to the Warriors in Cleveland. They're up three zip after this 110-102 victory. You're listening to Warriors Wrap-Up, presented by Arlo Smart Home Security. Durant crowded by Corver. Durant pulls up, shoots over the top, and buried it. He has been on target all night long. That was amazing what he did out there tonight. Some of those shots, I don't think anybody in the world can hit those but him. He was incredible. Now back to Warriors Wrap-Up on the home of every Warriors playoff game. 95-7 the game. Coach Kerr brought to you by Farah. Check out Farah.com and discover a new way to sell your home that's completely free for sellers. You mentioned it, Matt. It's just he, he's really one of the most unique players who have ever played in the NBA. And that's where Tim Legler, before the game today, they were having the uh, like a little podcast and he was just talking about, you know, how do you really prepare for the Warriors? Like, you can watch film, you can have an idea, but once you get out on the court with them, there's so many different ways they can play. There's so many different ways they can beat you. And I remember listening to that, and we're watching the game. I mean, we're looking at the stats, and 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 Tim Jordan is with us, and Tim and I are, like, sitting next to each other going, God, Steph hasn't made a three. Steph's not playing well. Next thing you know, we know he only has four points. I mean, you if you get 11 points out of Steph Curry and only 10 points out of Klay Thompson, you're thinking this team had no chance to win on the road. But all of a sudden, you got Kevin Durant, you have 43. I mean, there's a lot of different ways this team's going to beat you. And really, you know what was great at the end of the game was their ball movement. Yeah, except on the – the big dagger. Yeah. Where he just, but they well, had a lot of easy, no, easy no doubt, buckets. No doubt. They got, yeah, Curry made a nice yeah. pass to Draymond for a dunk when they got scattered. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. When when KD signed with the Warriors two summers ago, I, I, I wasn't crazy about the move. I, I didn't like it. Uh, I just didn't like that he was going to a great team and they were going to be clearly – head and shoulders above everybody. 
But it's two years later now, and you've just seen how everything has now happened. And while I'm still not crazy that he did it, the reality is I don't think the Warriors win it without him. And the first thing that I thought when he went to the Warriors was, man, this guy, this guy's tagging along for a title. Well, you know what? He's not tagging along. He's actually leading this team. He's he's a he's the reason they won it last year against the Cavs. He's the re like he's the difference. He's not just a guy who's tagging along Curry and Clay Thompson. He's was the Finals MVP last year. He just had another game where they don't come close to winning this game without him. If you, I realize that if Kevin Durant wasn't here, somebody else would be. I don't care who it would be. It wouldn't be Kevin Durant. And Kevin Durant has allowed this thing to continue. He's the reason it's now going to be three and four. And if he sticks around longer, they're going to have chances to win it again. But I don't know if, and again, we'll never know what the team would be, but Clay, Steph, and Draymond, you know what? I don't know if that I don't I don't think that team gets it done two years in a row like they're poised to do right now. You know, I I, I I'm just thinking about this MVP thing that you keep talking about, and I just wonder, you know, Kevin Durant, you know, we saw Steph put up nine threes last game, which is now the record, but last game Kevin Durant was very efficient. It and was he was quiet. very was quiet efficient. And he's You're very right. efficient in this game. So this this I mean, we think they're going to sweep. Let's say they sweep or whatever they do. Friday's big. Come back here Monday, game five. But, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of what we, we thought Steph was the leader in the clubhouse. After a game like this, Guru, I'm not so sure. Yeah, and Kevin Durant, perception's re- not always reality. But I know in the summer there were the stories about the burner account. And he's not the only person that cares about what people think about him. My point is, I don't give a damn. You could have 100 burner accounts because <laughs> when number 35 is playing the game of basketball, he's one of the best. And I hope when this is over, being proactive and they get it done and he's at the parade, he can sit back and understand, just like Steiny said, it looked like he was tagging along, but now he's earning it. He's hitting those game winners, man. And you know he's phenomenal in the clutch. And I just hope he can enjoy it to where he just knows, you know what, I'm one of the greats. And I just saw something on my phone. LeBron praised KD saying he was one of the best he's ever played against. And, you know, we probably knew that when he was in OKC. But good things happen to good people, man, and I'm happy for him. Yeah, the comparisons are out. LeBron James has compared the Golden State Warriors to? The Avengers. The New England Patriots. He said, quote, the margin of error is very low. It's like playing the Patriots. They're not going to beat themselves. I'm looking back at the Warriors' first championship team, the one without Kevin Durant. I'm looking at their roster, and they had Steph, and they had Draymond, and they obviously had Clay. They also had Iguodala, who was a, a better player back then. But they also had Barbosa, Barnes, Bogut. They, they had a good Space. team, and they ended up winning it. Um, but that team was going to splinter anyway because they were getting old. Barbosa, Spates, Bogut, they, they weren't going to be the same players. So Kevin Durant is the guy who kept this thing going. Uh, there's just – I don't want to say there's no doubt about it, but there's no doubt about it. Mm. Kevin Durant is the reason that the Warriors are still on top of the basketball world. They wouldn't be without him. And we got a return tonight from the babysitter. We got to talk about that. The babysitter was effective tonight. We weren't sure what kind of minutes you would get from him. Well, they got some very strong minutes. It's Warriors wrap-up after the Warriors win, 110-102. to We're here at the Crown Royal Club in Oracle. We're going to be here till 1030, breaking this Game 3 victory down right here on the home of the Warriors. That's 95-7, the game. gave us much needed minutes um, I didn't expect to play him 22 minutes um, one thing with Andre is that um, he's he's not like most players in terms of needing 
rhythm uh, and needing minutes to get his conditioning back. He just never gets tired. Even when he's been out two and a half weeks, hasn't really been running much at all. Uh, he's still able to, to play through all that. And you know, he's a plus 14, typical Andre line. You, you might look at it and go, yeah, he had eight points and whatever. But, you know, he, he gives us another guy to guard LeBron and he gives us another guy to settle us down and you know, keep us on the right path. Now back to Warriors Wrap-Up on the home of every Warriors playoff game. 95-7, the game. Chris Townsend, Matt Steinmetz, Daryl the Guru Johnson with you after the 110-102 victory. Warriors now up 3-zip and teams up 3-zip in NBA playoff history are 131-0. So it's about to be 132-0. And when you look at this box score, as he said, the only guy that had a better plus-minus was Kevin Durant at 15. Andre Iguodala is 14, but you know what, Matt? We've, you know, for years been doing the show, and, and we always look at the box scores, and it's so odd to see one guy with 43 points and the next closest guy was just 11 with Steph Curry. Yeah, that is very unusual for the Warriors because they usually have – clearly their backcourt usually uh, scores more than they did tonight. But, but again, they got little – chip-ins from a lot of different people. Jordan Bell, this is a rookie who came in and scored 10 points. Livingston was quietly good tonight, four for five. He did miss a shot, though. That's the first one he's missed in, in the finals. So, Rodney Hood was I mean, he's got, to get his, he's got to get his act together. And uh, look at McGee again. Look at JaVale McGee, five for seven for 10 points. He stays in his lane. They put him in position to be good, and, and he's been delivering the last two games. Yeah, if it was up to McGee, they would play the Cavs every game because I feel like they don't have anybody. Thompson, he can't keep up with it. He's not athletic enough to keep up with McGee. So McGee can get those easy buckets right around the rim, started the game off with the dunk. But uh, you got to look at Kevin Durant in this 43. Every point was needed. And sometimes basketball has a way of revealing itself of who has the skill to create their own shot. And tonight, Kevin Durant – who I would say is the best one at that on the Golden State Warriors. There was no ball hogging in this county. It was we needed every point of those 43, sir. And tonight you showed the world you are a bad man. And welcome to the NBA Finals, Rodney Hood. I think uh, uh, my man uh, Tyron Lue might get criticized on what took so long. Yes, but look at that old plus minus. He's the worst calf. <laughs> He's the worst calf on the floor. In terms of plus minus, but see, you so know either that's plus not mi- true though. What? Watching the game, well, that's he was great off, he, but he was lie. great offensively. I mean, he was very good. But I, and listen, I'm not. I never take plus minus right. to the bank a hundred percent. But when he was on the floor, the team didn't play as well. Well, if, now, maybe, maybe. if he wasn't on the floor, they would have they, they would have got blown out. I mean, he, he started. He kind of he he came in and gave him some instant offense. Uh, the old Jamal Crawford. I'm gonna give you instant offense. He he kind of he kind of kept him in it. And I thought Kevin Love played hard tonight. No, Kevin, he can he brought his game anytime. tonight. Let yeah. me. Uh, so so David Locke, great great uh, radio man in Utah. This is what I mean about. There's so many different ways to look at things. David Locke, who watched Rodney Hood play in Utah, said, it's really interesting to watch Rodney Hood when he's not playing for the Jazz. He had a good offensive game, but he was minus 12, and he made three terrible defensive plays that allowed seven points. Pure giveaways. That is when the plus-minus can tell a story. Now, I, off the top of my head, I can't remember three blunders, but I wasn't necessarily looking at Rodney Hood defensively and and really trying to figure it out. All I'm saying is there's always different ways to look at everything. It's why some people don't think LeBron James is that good. You know what I mean? He's a flawed player. He's right. <laughs> now here come the here come the here come the Durant's the greatest again. Oh, oh, it's yeah, it's coming, Tony. <laughs> I mean, I LeBron James played almost 47 minutes. Sprained his ankle, continued to play. As you said, if that was you, you would end up in Kaiser. Uh, it, it, you know, you know what's weird is he's been shooting the ball very well from the perimeter. 
tonight it didn't yeah. feel like he was going to make anything. His threes weren't good. Yeah, a couple. It, he had that one really deep yeah. three late in the game that was just a bad yeah, shot. shot and you know what? Too. You know what? It didn't even look like it was part of his arsenal tonight. He didn't. It's almost like he didn't want to use it because he knew he didn't have it. Almost because I thought it was funny a couple times where I thought he had. I mean, at some point, take the eighteen footer. I mean, Jackson you got an eighteen footer. It. Mark Jackson was saying it on the telecast. The defense for the Warriors tonight. If you're watching the game, because obviously what they want to do is they want to get it to where you have a matchup between LeBron and Steph. Especially Steph had those two quick fouls. But even when they did that, you could tell there was always somebody, whether it was Draymond or it was JaVel, they would slack off. And all of a sudden, when he started making his charge against Curry, you'd always see someone coming to help. And LeBron could see it. He could feel it. He knew there was always help. So, okay, you want to get Steph on LeBron and you think you're going to win that matchup? There was always going to be someone there that impeded his progress to the basket. And you know what that means, that other person or people – more energy. He has to exert more energy to, you know, to get the bucket. So I know that was on his mind. Like, damn, I can get past Steph. We know that. But there's Townie and Steiny and Tim Jordan waiting on me. That's going to take a lot out of me. All right, we're going to talk to our man John Dickinson, our boots on the ground in moments here. It's time for the play of the game. Brought to you by American Express, proud partners of the Golden State Warriors. Durant, standing on the logo, waves Curry away. He's got Rodney Hood guarding him. Gets Iguodala to the right side, pulls up downtown. Durant for three, way downtown. He doubles the Warriors' advantage to 106 to 100. It's a playoff career high, 43 points for Kevin Durant. So are we going to blame Rodney Hood for that one on defense, on his plus minus? <laughs> what the hell's Rodney Hood supposed to do with Kevin Durant? What would you say it was? Thirty-three feet. Thirty-three is what it was on the and box just, score. It was just like it was fifteen feet. In fact, somebody said to LeBron James in the post-game interview, Durant hit the same shot against you now two years in a row. And LeBron said the shot tonight was not like last year's. It was five feet further than last year's. And he was right. So I was out on the floor before the – Yeah. Because we were doing the, the show from courtside. And when you stand out there, you know, because for all of us amateur basketball players back in the day in high school, our three-point line wasn't the same distance. But when you stand back from where, like, the – not this game, but the game before where Steph lost control and just threw it up there from – like, you, how, that is so far away from the basket – and, and did you think how far 33 feet is away from the basket? That probably means nothing to you when you're listening to it, but if you actually went and marked off 33 feet and then looked at the basket, you realize that's that's deep. That's really, really deep. And they do it like it, it's a free throw. It's amazing. And I know I brought my son to watch Steph Curry warm up, and this is a true story. And I was like, son, look at Steph. And in the back of his bicep, he had like a special knot. And I'm like, that's not what – and the knot was, to me, from shooting all those shots and shooting them so deep. And that's why when we say, how can he do it and make it look so effortless – it's that knot back there that he's built up, I believe, from taking all those shots in the distance. It was it was different, Steiny. It was a special hey, little. Hey, I'm gonna take your word for okay, that. Okay, it's like a little so knot he, on the bicep. Like this is the mechanism that makes him do that because he's worked on it. You know what I would love to do is when we have heard criticism of the Warriors, especially from former players, I would like to bring them out on the floor. And take them to where these guys hit threes and say, so you're going to tell me you ever guarded somebody out here? You never guarded anybody out there in your life. You didn't do it in high school. You didn't do it in college. And you didn't do it in the NBA. We always, as old guys, we like to talk about Lakers and Celtics. Go back and watch a Lakers and Celtics final. And the whole game is played basically inside the three-point line until maybe some desperation shots at the end of the game. The the yesterday play players never went anywhere near as far as these guys have to go out and guard people. The spacing of the floor is greater than it's ever been by leaps and bounds. That's why you cannot compare eras. I, I, I'm there. I'm you, with you. You just absolutely cannot compare eras. It's like, 
oh, well, Steph Curry couldn't have played in the bad boy Pistons in the mid-'80s. Okay, well, if Steph would have grown up in the 70s, he he probably would have become a different player because the game would have been different. And, okay, maybe he wouldn't be the same player he is today, but he could function in – back then i mean he could absolutely because he could shoot and i mean it's exactly and it so just like you know larry bird would could he play in today's game of course he could but i think he would be better oh my god he'd probably score 40 a game with the three but but, but the point is like yeah you know you can tell those you can tell oscar robertson look look how far this guy shoots from and i guarantee you oscar robertson will say well i never even practiced that shot growing up because it wasn't conceivable that anybody would ever shoot it and so the three-point line came in and guys started shooting it and shooting it and shooting it and now guys are getting better at it but you know what I don't know that many people ever get as good as Curry at it. No doubt. Well, that was that, the thing. And that's the fool's gold, I mm. think, that's out there. Like we looked up that one. I can't remember. Bird was like 29, 30 or wherever. It was one of the years he averaged 30. Right, yeah. He 29, averaged, 9 was his highest. He, he averaged 30, yeah. basically, yep. and only shot one three a game. Oh, wow. Now, if he's shooting 10 a game, like Steph does, what could he have averaged? So, I mean, you know, they – Great players can play in any era. I, I, that, and Jim Barnett says that. And so I'm going to take his advice or take his uh, wisdom on that because he played He played in the league. Like Kevin Durant. I mean, he's seven feet. As you said, he's got guard skills and he's seven feet tall. How does that not play in any era? I saw it at the University of Texas, but I never thought it would translate to – the, the NBA because he was so thin. Yeah, that too. But the NBA, which like Steiny, who's responsible? When did it happen? I know Dan Tony was seven seconds or less, but when did the volume? Are the Warriors Mark Jackson responsible for the volume of threes that we see in today's game, even by teams that are not good at it? When did it happen? In the it's like it's the middle a, of the night. It's a no. Actually, it's evolved. If you if you go back to when the line came in in the mid-'80s, or no, 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 79-80, I think, 80-81, it has just gradually gone up, gone up, started very little. Some some years it would come down, some years, but it it, it is an arc that goes, or it is a, a line that goes up. When you say kind of the Rockets are like the Oakland A's, have the Oakland A's with the sabermetrics and yeah. the analytics, it was really the Rockets who really just started saying, hey, it's a math game, three versus two. Yeah, no, I, I I think that's absolutely right. I'm looking at Bird's year when he averaged 29.9. Yeah, he only averaged, he made 1.3 threes. He took three threes a game. Three. Okay, so if he took 12 a game, 10 a game, what could he have averaged? took 17 in game two. <laughs> 17 threes. And why are we calling 29.9, not 30? That's, well, you got to round that bad boy up. That's 30. So let's get to the stop of the game before we get to John Dickinson. Stop of the game brought to you by Quick Stop Markets. Fill up and load up at Quick Stop. Love guarded by Iguodala. Spins by a baseline, but Iguodala stolen. He took it away from him. Feeds Draymond Green. Left side line to Curry. Curry stops. He's open. Takes a three. It's up and good for Curry. His first three of the night. And, he and the it. Warriors lead by four, 101-97. God, it was shocking how bad Curry was tonight. <laughs> you are right. I mean, at one point he had four points. <laughs> I'm not used to he it. Was, that what, was bad. What, what, the, what the heck was he? Was he 0 for 10 from yeah. 3? Yeah. One for, he ended up 1 for 10. One for, so he was 0 for 9 from 3, and he had four. But, like, Tim Jordan and I are sitting there going, four points? How is this possible? And they won. How the, yeah, how the Warriors <laughs> win? Would, I mean, this is what mind-boggling. Clay Thompson and Steph Curry combined for only 21 points, In and they won. In 15, they would have lost. This would have been an L. Yeah, but, I'm but, seriously, if you're, if, you're, if you're anybody with the Cavs, like I said to you guys earlier when I was outside, I said if I would have told you before the game that Clay Thompson and Steph Curry would combine for 21, would chance. you take that? Oh, You'd say, day. oh, bring it all day. But this is where everybody else comes in. They were 7 for 27 between them. But Durant was 15 for 23. McGee gives him a 5 for 7. Livingston, 4 for 5. Bell, 4 for 5. And then the next thing you know, the team, the team, which is what it's still all about, ends up shooting 52%. That's what great teams do. Great teams win when out. 
without their best player playing well sometimes. And the Warriors, again, they've got four great players. Great players. Not real good. Great. And that's they, they have they have too much talent for the Cleveland Cavaliers at least. Yeah, there's no question. John Dickinson finally with us from Cleveland. John, what did you think about this game where the Warriors take a commanding three nothing lead in the series? Not all the Warriors had their best, but Kevin Durant did. Now Kevin Durant did, and I think another signature game three from Kevin Durant in an extremely uh, hostile environment in, in this uh, Quick and Loans Arena where the, the Cavs and their fans were, were all ready to make this thing a series, and, and Kevin Durant kept the Warriors in the game, I thought, in the first half. And then he and Stephen Curry, at least Curry with the one big three, uh, put them away late, but there, there was no bigger dagger than the, the pull-up uh, that he hit last year in the finals, and, and he duplicated it maybe and then some uh, in the game tonight, at least in terms of, of how far a shot it was. Uh, LeBron James was asked about it after the game, and he, he had every little detail of what was different. Uh, the score of the game with the Warriors up three, uh, the, the fact that it was obviously a deeper uh, shot, but uh, he called him an assassin, and the Warriors have two assassins and, and one tonight was firing all, on all cylinders, and that was enough to carry him through in this game. This is exactly why the Golden State Warriors wanted to get Kevin Durant, to have two guys that can win you a game in the fashion that Durant won the game for them tonight. J.D., what what was kind of the, uh, the, the Cavaliers players who came to the podium tonight, uh, just kind of reading body language and the way they sounded, what, what what did you ascertain? Do they do they do you get the sense they see the writing on the wall? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, now they're not going to say that, obviously. And LeBron James, uh, you know, he kept it very simple in saying they've got an opportunity Friday. They got to come out. They got to play well. Uh, you know, there's things that they feel that they can do better, and and just get a win and get the series back to Oakland. You know, the the, the word of the night uh, I thought was interesting from from Ty Lue was. He said spurt ability. He said the Warriors have a tremendous spurt ability. Uh, you know, they just and, – and LeBron talked about the, the fact that the Warriors can just get off. It's not just, uh, you know, a, a three-point swing. It's like six, eight, ten, twelve points in a row that can flip a game. And the Warriors did that a couple of times with some of those quick little short spurts, five, six-point bursts toward the end of quarters where it looked like the Cavaliers were going to have a, a little bit of a bigger lead. But, no, I, I mean, look – to have this happen in this building, Matt, two years in a row in similar fashion uh, where the Cavaliers look like they had a great chance to win it. From their point of view, I, I think they know the writing's on the wall, and they're going to they're gonna need to be let up off the mat, in my mind, by this Warriors team on Friday. If the Warriors come in with the mindset that they really want to end it Friday, I think this thing ends on Friday. J.D., what did you make uh, on Iguodala and how he played? I saw him walk off to the locker room. I was like, oh, my gosh, it's happened again. He's re-aggravated something. But to my surprise, he came back out, and he was a big part of what the Warriors tried to do tonight. Yeah, it, it was deemed not serious, although he did have a significant limp after the game uh, in and around the locker room. So that's something to keep an eye on tomorrow and, and obviously uh, on into Friday. But, but yeah, plus 14. And just the ability to have another body on LeBron James, I think, made all the difference because the other big storyline for me in this one was LeBron James basically, he wore down. And he didn't want to admit he wore down, but there were possession after possession in the fourth quarter where he couldn't take it over. And, yeah, he knocked down that corner three, but they were they were almost going to Kevin Love, uh, you know, yeah. to, to, to Rodney Hood just to try and – you know, come up with something almost to, for him to rest, uh, in essence. So, no, he didn't have it. I thought Iguodala making him work uh, was a big part of that, and Steve Kerr alluded to the fact that they just had another body to throw on him that kept everybody kind of fresh, allowed him to give different looks. And I think as this game wore on, you got the impression LeBron was going to have to carry the Cavaliers to the finish line, and tonight he couldn't do it, uh, and Kevin Durant could, and that was the difference in the game. J.D., I want to read a stat to you that I'm looking at right now uh, that, that is – and I want you to expand on it in the context of we, we kid around each other about, oh, the Warriors' offense is, is beautiful and they pass and they move. <laughs> Just listen to this. 
Kevin Durant made more 30-foot three-pointers tonight. Four. He made four shots from 30 feet or more than any team has ever made in the last 20 years, postseasons. I mean, <laughs> you see what I'm saying, J.D.? Yeah, no, I, 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 no, I know exactly what you're saying. I mean, look, you want the Warriors do play beautiful basketball for the most part. They move the ball, and everybody's involved, and and it's great. And you know what? That looks great in March against the Phoenix Suns, who stink. And and it looks great on a night where your, your shot makers are making shots, and 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 you know the ball movement allows for space. Uh, you know, and it's not just bad teams. I mean, it works against good teams, too. The Warriors have throttled plenty of good teams. I'm not trying to make that uh, the, the, the point here. But the point is, when offenses get bogged down, and it's more likely to happen in the playoffs, in the finals, going up against other superstar players, when offenses bogged down, the NBA becomes, and it always has become, mano a mano, one-on-one, two-man game, pick and roll, which two stars can either get a shot for themselves or their their teammate who's a star or set up uh, a role player in, in similar fashion to the way Jordan, say, set up a Steve Kerr going back to the finals or, or the way uh, Ray Allen was set up to hit a big three when he was with the Heat. And, you know, that that's, that, that's what this is all about. It's about one-on-one basketball. And tonight, look, the Warriors – they tried to move the ball around, and Clay Thompson and Stephen Curry were missing shots. So when push came to shove, they changed it up, and they said LeBron James or Kevin Durant always has a mismatch, no matter who's on him. We're going to give the ball to Kevin Durant and isolate and let him go to work. And he went to work, and he got the job done. And, yeah, sometimes that meant pulling up from 30, but he's as good as anybody maybe not named Stephen Curry at doing that in this league. He's an absolute assassin. John Dickinson brought to you by Nation's Giant Hamburgers. Keep it real. Make it Nation's. All right, two more days in Ohio, J.D. Go have a cold one tonight, and we'll talk to you on Friday. All right, sounds good. John Dickinson. One thirty there, so he better hustle. Yeah, you got. there's places right, right outside what? the arena. He'll yeah, but they probably Papa. closed early. He'll hook up with Papa. They'll find us. Well, you know what? What we need is we got to have Arlo on him. Yeah. Arlo on JD, make sure everything works out just okay. Because Arlo is all about safety. I've been telling you, I got a puppy coming. So, what we're going to do is we're going to bring one of our Arlo cameras inside. Arlo Pro 2, two cameras are phenomenal. Bring it inside so we can monitor what is going on with the puppy. You could do it with children. Uh, I just got to tell you, I love my my Arlo cameras. It's it's about the security. And let me tell you something. When you're in a place like Lake Tahoe and someone comes to your door and all of a sudden I get the notification to my phone and then all of a sudden I can go on and I can get on my camera and I can talk to that person at my front door. So they think I'm in the house. They don't know I'm in Lake Tahoe skiing. I, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, this technology is incredible, right? I mean, you have the ability to be sitting on your couch. Someone comes to your front door and you can talk to them or you could be in a why you could be in Europe you could be anywhere in the world you could talk to someone at your front door to let them know I am at home yeah no doubt I mean it's great if you are having kids at home staying at home maybe for the first night you and the wife townie going out gonna have dinner you can have the Arlo camera set up kind of keep it's kind of like a grown-up baby monitor in a way with the camera also and you can move them around your house you can put them outside you can put them on trees Uh, and and to your point matt there's been times where i'm not at home and another parent had to bring my kids home from school right and it was great to know that my kids are home and they would always wave to the camera as they'd walk in and i'd know that they were home and they were safe so there's so many you're protecting yourself plus you just get that kind of uh you get that kind of that, that that secured feeling that everything's okay with the family, and that's what Arlo does. And you got seven days in the cloud, seven days of free storage in the cloud, so you can always see what's going on with your Arlo cameras. So you can go to Arlo.com or go to Best Buy tomorrow. You can pick up Arlo. You can buy it tomorrow. That is going to do it from Oracle as the Warriors win Game 3, 110-102. We'll be back on Friday at 4.30 with Warriors warm-up. Could be it. Could be the season, guys. I mean, we did say to our friends 
that we might not see him again until the parade. Now, obviously, the watch, by the way, the watch party is I got to get this in real quick. The watch party Friday. is Friday. Uh, tickets are going to be available. And got to believe it. Warriors dot com. So the Warriors will have the watch party here for game four. Tickets for the Warriors watch party go on sale to the general public on Thursday at noon. This is a hell of a party. I got to tell you, and, and the best thing about it is all the kids. There's so many kids here. And they're into 8,000 here tonight. Yeah, and I think it's going to be bigger. And it was the loudest 8,000 I've ever been around in my life. And just to see all the kids and the joy and the dancing and the fun. If you're a Warriors fan, show up here on Friday. Once again, Warriors watch party tickets are going to go on sale to the general public on Thursday at noon we will be here will be a lot of fun any final thoughts i'm one win away from my prediction on the website coming true i predicted a sweep you're in the prediction business again now i'm coming out of retirement one for nine (laughs) (laughs) my man he's got all the nine too (laughs) matt kolsky's coming up next keep him company at 888-957-9570 that's 888-957-9570 that'll do it for oracle we'll see you on friday right here on the home of the warriors 95.7 the game This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.